there. Welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Nathan Fox. Uh, with me is Katie Becker. Katie is a former teacher for LSAT Demon and a deferred student at Yale Law School. She's going to be starting Yale at some point in the future. Uh, welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for You've having been on me. before. Uh, yeah, everybody wanted you back. Um, we've uh, <laughs> well, it was it was actually the Demon Teaching Corps that was like, oh my god, you need to ask Katie about that and get Katie back on to discuss that because she knows all about that. So this is an email from Olivia. Maybe I'll read it because then I'm not going to have anything else to say about this stuff. You're you're the expert here. Um, it says, "Hi, can you speak to what schools are looking to see in required?" Essays for public interest programs like NYU Root Tilden Kern, UCLA Epstein, etc. Is it like the personal statement where we draw from professional experiences? Or should it be more about your personal motivators for pursuing public interest law? Do you think it harms your application to use your personal statement in place of a public interest essay when given the option, I see you nodding. Um, seems like the answer to that is probably, yeah, that would be a real bad idea. Anyway, thanks for all your help. Best, Olivia. All right, Katie, what do you think? Yeah, so um, I just wanted to start in case people aren't familiar with what Olivia's talking about. Okay. Uh, a lot of schools, an increasing amount of schools, offer very sizable scholarships for people who have a demonstrated commitment to pursuing public interest law, broadly defined. So the most famous of these would be the NYU Root Tilden Kern. Um, but I sent you a list, Nathan, I think you'll pop in the show notes. A lot of schools have these programs. University of Washington, it sounds like UCLA, Georgetown, Penn, it looks like maybe Columbia. Um, a lot of schools, an increasing amount of schools have these programs. Um, they're distinct from public service scholarships that schools do, like where you get summer funding for an internship. That's a different thing. Um, they're also distinct from like a postgraduate fellowship. So we, these terms are a bit nebulous. But what Olivia's asking about is a something you apply for at, gradu, um, at matriculation, like before you enroll or in your application, uh, where you're applying for a sizable or full tuition scholarship. But with that scholarship comes a commitment to, to working for some term of years, usually three to 10 years in public interest law. Uh, okay. So I do have this um, ABA page. It says term time fellowships and awards. Can we start with what term time? I've never seen that word before. What does term time mean? It means what you would call a tuition discount. So it's just a scholarship. It's a scholarship. Okay. But they're they're well, but they're they're drawing a distinction between that and a scol like a um like a bursary or like a grant you could get to do summer work, like to cover your living expenses over the summer if you're not in a paying summer associate job. Got it. But they don't call so they they don't call it um, just a normal scholarship. I've never seen this word term time before, and they give scholarships all the time. So that's just a very strange. That's the ABA. Yeah, it, it, most schools call these scholarships. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Okay, but we do have this page. Um, I, this looks like a really useful resource. I see all kinds of schools here that are offering um, some sort of thing. And just right off the top, I'm seeing um, Baylor and Boston College and Boston University and 
uh, Brooklyn Law School and just, I don't know, all of it looks like dozens of schools, maybe hundreds even of schools uh, that are offering these things. So, okay, you said that it's different from a normal tuition discount. You get tuition discounts all the time just because you've got the LSAT and GPA and the school wants you, so they give you law school for free. Um, we've talked about this endlessly on both of our podcasts. Um, you said that the public interest fellowships specifically require some kind of a commitment between three years and 10 years to work in the public interest. I don't think that anybody applying for these, I don't think that they're going to have much of a problem making that commitment because we have more than enough applicants who want to work in the public interest. Um, I think far more applicants want to work in the public interest than will actually end up working in the public interest. Okay. Um, but what if you don't, what happens if you like, what happens if you graduate and you're like, nah, I'm going to go to big law. So some, this list is pretty good because it it talks about, I think it's just aggregated information that the schools sent in. And some of the schools said like, this is a non-binding commitment. And some of the schools said, pay the money back. So you'd want to like really read, (laughs) read whatever you're signing. Right. Got it. And I think like, like I said, I think it's at least I'm most familiar with NYU because that's the school I I was offered that scholarship. So I'm most familiar with the terms and conditions there. And it's, broadly defined. Um, so I think like being like a clinical law professor or maybe being like working in government or being, I don't know, like a policy analyst or a, a, a impact litigator or direct services, all that type of stuff would probably count. I think being an associate at Cravath or Wachtell probably would not count, right? Okay. These, some of these, I mean, just right off the top of this list, I'm looking at one from American University. The Myers Law Scholarship is American University's most prestigious donor award and provides, oh wait, one year scholarships to matriculated full-time JD students who show academic promise and demonstrate financial need. Scholarships are funded up to 125% of tuition. Wait a second, that doesn't even have anything to do with... Public it's interest. An imper- yeah, it's an imperfect list. Okay. Uh, so I would read each one carefully. I pulled out the ones that were genuinely like all three years full tuition. And we're talking yeah. about NYU, Penn, Boston University, Georgetown, Texas, uh, UW, Washington, America. There's a bunch of them, but it's an imperfect list because I think they just aggregated stuff they got from the schools. Okay. And and many of these, yeah, I mean, we got to be careful about these gotcha scholarships. I mean, anything less than full tuition is not that good, and especially one year only, not the second or third year. I mean, what? Okay, so you're giving me a full ride, but then you're going to charge me full price? That doesn't seem like a good deal at all. Okay, um, maybe we should get back to Olivia's question. <laughs> She's asking specifically about required essays for Root Tilden Kern and UCLA Epstein, and she wants to know, is it like the personal statement where we draw from professional experiences, or should it be more about your personal motivators for pursuing public interest law? My gut says it's probably not either of those things. What do you think? <laughs> My gut says it's a mix of those things, but like heavily towards the former. So I would say it would be more about like something you've done, right? I think they take these things very seriously is my impression from having gone through the interview process and just sort of like, I want to help people. I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Like, I don't think that's going to fly. So I think you need to write about 
something you've done in the space that you say that you want to work in. Yeah, origin stories generally are just not going to get it done, whether that's for the personal statement or for any of these extra essays. It's just too easy to bullshit and lie, or you might be genuinely motivated, but you haven't actually done anything. I just don't think anybody's really that interested. Tell, talk a little bit about your interview experiences. What, what do you mean? I did. So at least the NYU had an interview for this and it was a panel interview with the donors who, who like funded wow. the scholarship. So, and, and current students and alums, it was, it was fairly intense. I mean, that was the zoom version cause it was during the pandemic. So sure. the, the in-person version I think is like a full on weekend affair, but they're still going to be asking you about like demonstrated. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's demonstrated is the key word here. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think you can demonstrate a commitment in a lot of ways, right? I don't think it has to be full-time work experience necessarily. There's good and bad ways to demonstrate your commitment. Talking about it is one way, I suppose, but it's not a very good way because it's too easy for everybody to do it, right? I mean, actually doing something, whether full-time or part-time or volunteer but actually doing something is the best way to demonstrate that you are interested in a thing. I believe that that is correct. Yes. Okay. I don't so, think there's anything wrong with throwing in a lot. So like if you have worked for five years in as a paralegal at a organization that works with immigrants, I don't think there's anything wrong with including one or two sentences explaining, I got into this work because I'm an immigrant or something like that, just to give context. I don't see a problem with that. Maybe you disagree, Nathan. No, Um, that can help a lot. Yeah. If you have actually done shit about it, because the just, I'm an immigrant, my parents are immigrants. Yeah. Okay. You and millions of other people. So what, what about it? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, and I'm sorry if this is like, I'm not insulting anybody's background. I'm just saying that there are lots of those folks. There are far fewer of those folks who have actually started taking steps down this road. And I guess what I really would encourage people to do is to start taking steps down this road before law school. Like, refer to our other episode, Jobs Without JDs. You can become, you can become a... The Department of Justice is a Department of Justice accredited representative where you literally represent people in immigration court without having gone to law school. Yeah. So if you're so passionate about this, there are ways that you could get involved now while you're studying for the LSAT or while you're still thinking about law school. Way before you apply, there's lots of work in these fields that you could actually be doing. And then when you when it comes time to apply to law school and when it comes time to write these essays, you'll have something like meaty to actually write about. So uh, the thing that made me like uh, the part that made me queasy about Olivia's thing was like, she's suggesting, could I just use another personal statement? What do you think about that? So the reason she's suggesting that is because at least for NYU, they, they, and I think many of these offered a response, an option to where either you can submit a separate statement for these scholarships, or if your personal statement is entirely about your commitment to public interest and the work you've done in that, you can tell them, I'd rather you just refer to my personal statement in lieu of the, of the additional statement. 
Got it. I'm pretty ag- agnostic on what which of those is better, because um, I think there, Got there it. is there is a you could you could understand why just submitting a, a bazillion essays may not be ideal. I will say that in my case, I wrote my personal statement about work I had done that was in public interest. And then I wrote the extra one about like volunteer work I had done in public interest. And I, they looked at both of those. I, my gut is always write the extra essay. Um, yeah. If you have something new and interesting to say, but if you're just like, I would, you can also hurt your application if you submit an extra essay and all it is, is like some just kind of sounds like everybody else's origin story that doesn't actually demonstrate. I mean, they want you to demonstrate the commitment. So if your personal statement already did it and you're willing to say, yep, that personal statement demonstrates my commitment to public interest law, then okay, maybe fine. But if if not, I mean, maybe you wrote your personal statement about something else. Maybe you wrote your personal statement about kicking ass as a paralegal in big law and it has nothing to do with public interest. Then, yeah, then maybe you might need this additional essay to talk about specifically your demonstration Absolutely. to public interest. What I would never do is contradict yourself, right? So you don't want to say in your personal statement, and people do this, you don't want to say in your personal statement, I want to work in big law, and then in your extra (laughs) statement, because you're trying to get this scholarship and you're hoping they don't read your other one, say, I'm committed to a career in um, as a public defender, okay. right? Those are two very yep. different, <laughs> different things. All right. So we seem to agree that personal motivators for pursuing public interest law might merit a sentence or two if they are backed up by actual demonstration of this commitment. Totally. Otherwise, you probably just got nothing to say. Make, makes sense. Okay. A- anything else um, for Olivia before we wrap it up? Um, no, good luck to her. <laughs> I would take, I mean, I would take the, take it really seriously. Um, they're really asking you to make a commitment to a line of work that as you alluded to, Nathan, like a lot of people decide during law school is not for them or they they want, they decide to go pursue other things. And I mean, so, I think we can say most people decide during law school, most people decide, actually, I would like to make a lot of money. Yeah. And you know, it's, a lot of the questions they asked in the interview were along those lines of like, tell, talk about a time you had to work with a difficult client, right? Really seeing if 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 the candidates sort of had had what it takes because it's not it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, and part of that might be like getting used to the idea that you're going to lose sometimes, right? Like, I think the real the real genuine bleeding hearts. And I I mean that like in a complimentary way, you know, the people who like really do feel the weight of the world. And, um, I've known some of those people who, as it turns out, weren't, uh, very good lawyers because Mm -hmm. they couldn't handle the fact that they were sometimes going to lose and that, that it, that the system was not just based on, you know, like, um, justice in the outcome, right? That it was like, no, no, it's a technical procedure and you didn't do the things that, or your organization or your client even just didn't do the things that they needed to do. Like they didn't show up or they contradicted themselves on some previous documentation or whatever it was. And yeah, they're getting deported now. And if that's going to absolutely crush you, that's maybe not a good fit. Is that the type of stuff that they're asking about in those interviews? I, I think I think it was getting at that. Yeah, I think so. Especially for people who say they want to do that type of direct services work that you're talking about. Yeah, um, and I and I remember that you know they they said you know 
we're looking for candidates that we think not just the candidates we like, but we think the people that they're saying that they're going to serve will like. So they were looking at things like, what are your language skills, right? What If you say you want to help immigrants, well, do you speak a foreign language? Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so I think all of that would be really relevant to bring up here. Do you have experience working with people in poverty, people with low literacy? Those are not easy things. I've seen that before specifically. You know, people, I went to law school in San Francisco and there's people, there were people there who wanted to work in immigration law, but didn't speak Spanish. And it was like, well, okay. The people who do speak Spanish are going to be better equipped to, or speak any other language that, uh, you know, where there are immigrants who need your services. Um, but if you're just like speaking English only and you're wanting to work directly with immigrants, um, I don't know, maybe language skills would be something to build uh, before you try to go down this path. All right. Thank you very much, Katie, for coming on. Um, thank you, Olivia, for you. writing in. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. Thank you.